0: We are currently at The Parlor, Singapore's first NFT bar and lounge. At first glance, it looks like any other normal bar, except for the digital screens with NFT artwork on them. Currently, The Parlor is empty, but come nighttime, the crowd will be here with live performances, quality bites and craft beer. Hi, I'm
1: Yiling. I am Raven, and this is How to NFT. Kenny and I are on a journey to learn about blockchain. For the past two weeks, we have spoken to different NFT creators about how and why they launched their NFT projects. And we learned that one of the key components of any successful NFT project is the community that is built and formed around it. Understanding the importance of a strong community can greatly help both new and existing teams ensure the long-term success of their project. Today
0: we are looking at two different types of communities, a virtual one and physical one, and how they both fit into the Web 3.0 space. So if NFT is all digital, as what we have seen and heard so far, why would we even need a physical space like this? We are here to find out from the owner of the parlour, Jay Fu himself.
2: Right. The Palace Singapore is a creative shop house, um, which consists of five different um, creative businesses. Um, there's a bar. There is a music production school. There is a recording studio, photography studio, as well as a NFT lounge. Or uh, it was an arts kind of uh, lounge and gallery, but we have since added um, digital displays to showcase NFTs as well. But there is also a mix of uh, physical artwork that we are showcasing and we make it a point to kind of put uh, Singapore artists as well as artists from Asia highlighting their work.
1: So is it the lounge you mentioned, is it the lounge we are sitting in right now?
2: Yes, it's a bar and lounge. So we're in the bar right now, okay. but there's a lounge upstairs.
1: Ah, yes, And okay.
2: so for many of our exhibitions, we would have both levels.
1: Okay. Mm. So who who are you at yeah, who are you exhibiting right now? Right
2: now, um is a local project by Mighty Jacks. Ah, so Singapore yeah. yeah. Uh, a toy maker from oh. Singapore. Oh yeah.
1: Okay. yeah. And yeah. what
2: they do is I think quite... they
1: get into NFTs as well. Wow. Yeah.
2: Okay. I, I would I, I think it's really cool because mm. they already make physical like toys and collectibles, so naturally they thought of pairing a, a, an NFT that would come with the physical toy. And so you get both, you know, the physical piece and the di- and the, the digital piece as um, an NFT. Oh, digital they call okay. it, a digital. Well, I felt for the past 2 years everyone was just online. So that was the only way to kind of like socialize, right?
1: Mm, like yeah.
2: for like on Discord for example. And yeah, that's all fun and um, even like hanging out in the metaverse, but nothing beats real life. Yep. As of now. Exactly. And so when I felt things were starting to open up, right? Mm. The restrictions being lifted, I saw the need of people wanting to meet in real life and have like, you know, real human interactions, especially people from the NFT space Mm. who are hanging out just online or like on Twitter, on Discord for the past two years. I'm sure they wanted to hang out in real life and do, you know, just be humans. So I wanted a place they could display their NFTs. Mm. Um, and to feel like, you know, this was a place for them where they could, they could share about projects that they're excited about. Mm. Um, and then to have a hangout place, you know, um, where they could like, you know, eat and drink for, for the evening in comparison to like galleries and there are a couple of galleries that are exhibiting NFTs. This my place, like the NFT Barn Lounge, was more for uh for hangouts rather than a traditional uh gallery setup where you would probably stand around for a little bit, um, do some networking, you know, chat about the art and then you leave.
0: Yeah. You know, yeah. it's
2: not it's not the most comfortable most mm, art galleries, yeah. right?
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: um it's but it's cool. Awkward, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: It can be awkward for some. So my place, yeah. I wanted mm. it to be cozy, casual, and, like, you know, you don't have to dress up or anything like that. Like, I wanted it to be, you know, a second home for um, creatives um, and also for people in the NFT space, in the Web3 space, mm. and also make it an accessible kind of, like, um, launchpad for creators, you know? And so... For projects, if they want to um, exhibit their work, they can do that for free.
0: Mm, okay. Yeah,
2: we'll put them. We'll uh, put them into the uh, our curation, and then we would usually give them a week.
1: Oh, interesting. A week
2: to a couple of weeks.
1: For for here or for
0: upstairs.
2: For um, the whole shop house.
0: Oh. So wow. we have 22 screens. Okay, so and, interesting. And we can
2: and in on each with each screen we can also like rotate um um okay. rotate NFTs so we can show like a lot. Yeah. Can show a lot of work depending on how large the collection is. Um yeah. And because I felt like with galleries that are out there and and with other spaces, they're more than there's more than enough places where you would have to pay to use the space to showcase your work and there's a really high level of, you know, there's a really big barrier of entry for a lot of uh, the, a lot of uh, us independent creatives.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So I wanted to be a space that
0: was accessible,
2: that is accessible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause a lot of places are very bougie. I think that's the, that's the, that's the feeling I think a lot of people, including myself, you know, when I was listening to, to NFTs and everything, it was very, you know, there's, there's a certain level of status that comes to do which, which, yes, I think that's the whole point as well. But it just seems so far away, so unapproachable that everybody is so uncomfortable trying to get into it. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't think that's the case. That's, I think, very uh, counterproductive to what NFTs or uh, just crypto was meant to be in the first place.
2: Yeah. Right?
0: (laughs) It's supposed to be accessible for everyone, but why does it seem like it's so inaccessible?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Right now, it seems like it's either Web 2.0 or Web 3.0. There Mm -hmm. isn't really that bridge or many bridges that are blending, bringing the two together to help one another. Yeah. And I'm I'm that's where my interest lies in bridging both.
1: What kind of events have you held at this uh parlour?
2: Um if we're talking about NFT events, then we have held quite a few meetups for um upcoming local projects as well as projects um in Southeast Asia. Mm. So we've even had one of the founders for this project called Karafuru. Um from Indonesia he came down and then organized a meetup here as well as um, exhibit the work and also had uh, a competition for people to win free you know free NFTs as well mm. and then for another project it's called The Other Side they were launching a game
0: yeah, oh, okay. yeah.
2: it's an NFT project but um with the money raised they worked on a developing a game and they did uh, a game launch here um, upstairs we had gaming computers set out and then people would compete to win merch Mm. yeah they would play the games and then the winners would win merch and stuff like that it's very wholesome
0: yeah it's so cute it's it's just like people (laughs) hanging
2: out winning some free stuff um, (laughs) making friendships
0: yeah and Mm.
2: potential uh, uh, collaborations as well yeah and just you know like minded people
0: mm. yeah right? right or
2: even uh, new people like for most of the events here they it's open to the public so when we share the nft events that are happening here for for nft projects people can come in and talk to the community talk to the team yeah. and learn about what it's about you know what nft project is about and from there kind of be introduced to web3 and nfts
1: As the influence of communities continues to grow, their nature is beginning to change. We are starting to see online communities taking ownership of what they want to share.
0: In recent years, we have witnessed the rise of a sharing economy, a social economic system built around the sharing of resources. Take Fiverr for instance. Fiverr is an online marketplace for people to list, discover and purchase services from freelancers. But what if we want more ownership over our skills and services instead of relying on such a centralized marketplace. Today, we live in a world
1: where content is readily created and shared. This creator economy, which builds on human creativity, intellectual property and technology, is a concept that continues to grow. How can the creator and ownership economies come together? One of the ways is through non-fungible tokens or NFTs. NFTs are enabling creators to deliver a more intimate connection with their followers while removing issues associated with the middleman. By doing so, creators have full ownership of their work and have free reign to copyright their
0: creations while ensuring their authenticity. So now imagine if a group of creators came together to set up their own business. With this new business, it is owned by everyone. There's no more middlemen. So then everybody gets to vote on the rules and how to share profits together. And it's not just one or two people, even five people. Imagine this business is owned by 100, 200, 1,000 people. What we then have is a member-owned community without centralized leadership. And that is essentially what a decentralized, autonomous organization, or DAO, is all about.
3: Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Ivy. A little bit about my background. I'm Canadian. Uh, My co-founder is Singaporean, so that's how we got connected. In terms of what I do, my day job in 2020, when the pandemic hit, I launched a education program for kids, teaching them entrepreneurship, fully online. Um, It's called Beta Camp. And then two months ago, that Betacamp actually ended up getting acquired uh, by a bigger software company. And now I work for the software company as the CEO of a portfolio company, building out more programs for teens in climate, crypto, finance, creators, whatever teens and Gen Zs are interested in today. Um, a separate side project would be Wonder Women, which started as a Facebook group during the pandemic. My friend Emily and I were needing friends online. So we were stuck at home, wanted to meet people, wanted to socialize. So we started with a Facebook group that grew organically to over a thousand women today. And this year, as I dug deeper into Web3, we decided to turn this Facebook community into a DAO where women who wanted to be nomadic, wanted to wander, can come together, work together, and build projects remotely and win together as well because within a DAO everyone can work together get paid and um be both the customer and the marketer and just become it becomes this flywheel where everyone's incentives are aligned to benefit the DAO.
1: I remember there was this DAO that was trying to buy the US a copy of the US Constitution. Yeah that was the first time I heard of it. Is there like a danger in that sense when you have like a when your community is totally decentralized, there's no one holding it, that it might go like you know, a bit askew or something. Yeah. yeah.
3: So I think most DAOs are going for progressive decentralization, where at the beginning, there's people voted for, and usually the founders do have to do more of the legwork. But in the end, mm-hmm. a completely decentralized community is hopefully fully aligned where it's to everyone's benefit that this community succeeds, and therefore allows and incentivizes for good behavior, right? And you can always distribute tokens differently. So there's a lot of different ways, right? So for us, we're thinking about raising a fund through NFTs, meaning that NFTs symbolize ownership inside this community. So one way, and we're, we haven't decided actually, but one way to do it is whoever owns more NFTs gets more votes. So the more monetarily committed you are, you're more likely to want this community to succeed because the more value it creates, hopefully the higher price your NFT is because the price to join this community also increases, right? So that's one way to align, but that's not completely fair because you don't always want the richest people to be able to make all of the decisions because then you can have the NFT completely separated from decision-making and only give decision-making voting tokens to those that contribute. So that becomes more like startup equity where let's say you organize an event, you get five tokens that you can use on the next vote. Um, Or it can be one NFT per vote and that's completely democratized. There's problems and benefits, right? Pros and cons for every single way of doing things and it can shift. Um, But speaking of like constitution DAO, I don't think they did anything wrong. In fact, I actually think they did a lot of things right where they try to accomplish a goal. They're like, They're basically a Kickstarter campaign, except for they can launch faster, get funds faster, reduce in like fees that Kickstarter takes and set up more of a legal entity faster than they would be able to without blockchain. Um, And so they raised a bunch of money, failed to buy it because some richer person bought it. And they decided, okay, now we're just going to refund everyone. Because every DAO, just like, it's an organization. It has a purpose, right? And at one point, maybe Mm -hmm. it completes its purpose or it no longer needs to complete its purpose. As long as you do right by the people within your community, I don't see anything wrong with shutting down a DAO within two years, right? There's tons of, you know, high school and college clubs that, you know, you do during college and then you're like, I don't have time for this anymore. But then this actually gives an opportunity because of distribution for something that you create to live on, even without you.
0: Okay. So just so I understand, maybe I'm I'm not catching something over here, but I need it broken down in my mind a little bit more. So there is that for for Asian Wonder Woman, right? There is the community and then there is the Tao, right? And they can be separate from each. I mean, they are separate from each other. And then you can have one Tao or two Tao's related to the community. Am I getting this Right.
3: Um, I think the only really intersection between the two, like one Asian Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman Dao, is that they're both founded by the same people and there's intersecting people in between, right? We're inviting anyone in the community to join the Dao. You don't have to join. You can be part of the DAO and not be part of the community, right? Two, a DAO is a community, right? So there's two separate communities that have a different purpose. So Asian Wander Woman, the purpose is for Asian women to connect with each other everywhere and mm-hmm. like discuss things that Asian women want to discuss, which happen to be like how to date while nomadic and how to find <laughs> jobs abroad um, or how to like, let's do a portfolio share, you know? it's like there's a sense of trust because it's so niche. We experience the same things. People really connect. And that's why this Facebook community is really sticky. But it's on Mm. Facebook, meaning that, I mean, it has restrictions, right? On a Facebook, you have to post threads. It's really we get a post every month at least about either toronto singapore new york or san francisco of like hey i'm here is anyone here because just can't find previous threads of people in those cities yeah yeah that's right so 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 that's one right so it's really really hard to coordinate and actually build something the point is someone can post an introduction and then you can find people and you connect offline anyway that's how that community functions and the goal is just to find an online home you join you get to meet people that's it for that community that's Mm. the goal and not becoming a dao accomplishes that because we don't really need to vote on anything we don't need to build anything we don't need contributors we maybe need some moderators once we get big enough but Mm. right that's that's what the purpose that it functions for wonder woman dao the idea came from it came from Asian Wander Woman where a lot of women were like, I want to be nomadic. I can't find a remote job or I don't know how to build a remote company that will sustain my lifestyle while being remote. Mm-hmm. And then there's people who are like, oh, does anyone ha- know like a lawyer or an immigration accountant or like, does anyone know where to find good housing swaps? So there's like problems that people experience that we're seeing people ask with an Asian wonder woman, the Facebook community. And then there's also people who are like, I just want to find a good remote job. And then we're like, okay, why don't we create something where the people who want to build these solutions are come together and are able to work together. And we raise a treasury that are able to pay them. So it's basically like they have a remote job funded by the community and the community benefits from these solutions being created. So now that's another purpose, right? So the purpose of Wonder Woman DAO is actually to build different products and that serve Wonder Women around the world. And that needs a different structure. It needs a different platform because you just can't coordinate like that on Facebook and so we moved to discord because discord allows for those functionalities we have channels all of a sudden we can have like a pod of people who are working on merch we can have a pod of people who are just ideating on like what kind of content does Asian Wonder Woman or just Wonder Woman around the world want and we can separate like that and we can coordinate and build together within that. So, mm. and why we chose a DAO is because now we function like, how do we distribute ownership? How do we, yep. you know, compensate people? How do we organize ourselves in a good way that's accessible to everyone? Like, all these values of the DAO just happen to match up to the things that we need. And that's why we shifted towards a DAO. And why not a regular company is because, number one, like, we want to be community owned. And that means mm. Distributing ownership just within our community. One other way we could have done this is Emily and I could have incorporated, we raised some funding and we just built the products for this community and sell them into the community. Mm-hmm. But we didn't want to do that. Like we wanted, half of the problem was that these women wanted to build things. And we wanted to include them, but they don't know how. And so Mm. right before this, I was hosting the ideation workshop for the North Mm. American EMEA time zone. We had 20 women come in and we brainstormed different problems and different solutions for these problems. So we're moving Mm. in
0: that direction. I think what you explained just um, clarified certain things. So DAO is not a company like you mentioned. It is just a community to bring together uh, a more targeted uh, Mm. section of your Asian Wonder Movement or, you know, any other women out there uh, Mm. who want to build and just, it's Mm. a vehicle to bring people together and, yeah, how you do that, it is just more flexible being decentralized right now. Mm. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And I'm not going to say that all DAOs are like that, right? Like a DAO just means it's Mm. decentralized not all NFT communities are DAOs. Actually, I would say most of them aren't. Usually a DAO, the DAOs that I see, are communities that are building something specific. So as an example, um, there's two DAOs that I'm part of. One I really love, um, Wow Pixies, right? You guys are Singaporean. Um, Mm -hmm. Lily is in Singapore. She's Australian, I believe. But she's building Wow Pixies. Wow Pixies is a DAO because everyone who owns a pixie, they own a DAO vault, which, um, so most of the money after the NFT sale went to a DAO vault, this DAO vault, people can vote on where this money goes and like, who, which NFTs they buy into the vault. And it's more of an investment DAO. So they buy NFT projects, hoping that they'll go up. And then this DAO is worth more because technically everyone owns part of this DAO. And then they also get benefits from everything that they have in the vault. Because most NFT projects come with some kind of utility. So for example, they bought Curious Addies and Curious Addies for hmm. every NFT they hold, they get three NAS Academy classes on Web3, which are worth $500. And then they were able to distribute those to the community that's an example Mm. right and then there's odyssey dao which is creating educational material for um Mm -hmm. web3 so talking they have courses they have a boot camp they have articles they're like media slash education and they're a dao because everyone in there is working (laughs) um on something so it's like they function like a company and then they get paid because there's a sponsorship team and the creators of a chain usually pays them to do some education materials because that helps them bring in new users to their ecosystem. And then their contributors get paid from that. So it's like, it's a group of people that have a goal that are like, we want to onboard a million users into web three. How do we do that? We're going to go create educational materials and a, newsletter or something and then we just work towards that it's really like a group chat of people that have a common goal and everyone
1: works towards that goal that's really all a DAO is <laughs> looks like there are many advantages to join a DAO you can get first feedback from people before committing that first line of code or making any kind of investment
0: and I think I'm beginning to understand that you do not necessarily need to have your own NFT to be involved in the space. Next week, we discuss more of the different ways you can be involved in our final episode. If you want to hear more from our other guests coming up in our new episodes or even catch up on the old ones, do remember to click follow on our podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Or check us out on our
1: Instagram and Facebook. Create this at work. Is releasing our own NFT in September. Do keep a lookout and join us in our NFT journey. And a very big thank you to Audio Technica
0: for being our audio partner. The information expressed in this podcast is solely the opinions of the individuals at the time of this recording and does not reflect the views of Freelance Creative Exchange and Creatives at Work. This information is for entertainment purposes only and it is not intended to be and does not constitute financial investment or trading advice. Please do your own due diligence.